0: Welcome to episode number 19 of the Jackson Hole Connection. I am Stefan Abrams, your host, yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Hosting a podcast has been a huge learning curve for me. Sometimes having faith in yourself is the best tool towards success. And today, my guest is Kara Rank. Kara is the co-founder of Dishing Magazine Jackson Hole and Dishing Magazine Park City. Kara moved to Jackson Hole, sight unseen, for a job with our local newspaper, Jackson Hole News & Guide. Kara demonstrated bravery and tenacity by moving to Jackson Hole in the middle of winter and only knowing the person who she had interviewed with. Kara is now a successful entrepreneur with several businesses who follows her passion of superb food and the culture which gathers around food, community. But before we begin, I have a quick word from one of my sponsors. Is it okay to pair beer with Beef Wellington? Does Merlot go with Red Bull? Not sure how to make the perfect bourbon and Coke? Well, the team at the liquor store of Jackson Hole can answer all of these questions plus more. Stop in at 115 Buffalo Way, Jackson, Wyoming, or visit us at TLSofJH.com to experience service that will knock your socks off. The liquor store has been serving the Jackson Hole Valley for over 35 years. Kara, thank you for coming over here to the office to be on the Jackson Hole Connection. It is an absolute pleasure to have you here as a guest.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: What brought you out here to Jackson Hole?
1: Um, I like to say that I'm the only person who ever moved to Jackson Hole for a job. (laughs) Um, I was working at a small newspaper in North Carolina and sending my resume to every journalism opening I could find. Sent my resume off to the News and Guide on a whim, and I remember getting a phone call one evening from the former publisher, Mike Sellette, and we talked for an hour. We had a great conversation. I hung up, and I was like, If he offers me the job, I'm moving to Jackson. So that was in February 2003. So I've been here for almost 16 years now. Never been to Jackson. Never skied. Just did it on a whim.
0: Had you ever spoken to anybody that had been out here before? No. So sight unseen.
1: (laughs) Didn't know anyone. Sight unseen. Showed up with a U-Haul. My car in the U-Haul moved in the dead of winter dead of winter. Uh-huh. That's brave. Yeah. Moving out here. I think here. it was like minus 20 for a couple of days my first week here. Awesome.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so fast-forwarding to today, you are now a publisher of your own magazine that you've been doing for several years now. Mhm which is?
1: I published Dishing Jackson Hole, which I started in 2011 with a business partner, Allison Arthur. I'm sure you know her. Mm -hmm. And then we launched Dishing Park City in 2014. So we published both magazines.
0: Terrific. Yeah, You've had a little bit of great growth.
1: Yes, we have. We have, and we're working on a few other markets right now, but it's hard having a business in town and out of town.
0: I bet it is. In the pre-show, when we were talking, you mentioned that you also have another business.
1: I do have another business. I started a, a business called X O Y O Paper back in 2009. Actually, before I started dishing, and it came out of my wedding. Okay. Um, so X O Y O does really high-end custom stationery, welcome gifts, the whole thing for weddings. Terrific. Yeah, I do about 50 weddings a summer. You're busy. I am busy. You have a lot
0: <laughs> to do in the summertime.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Any weddings in the su- in the winter?
1: We're getting more and more weddings in the winter. I think people are realizing that it's more economical Mm -hmm. to have a a wedding here in the winter. So it's starting to become more spread out. It used to just be, you know, 12 to 14 weeks in the summer of weddings, and now they're becoming more year round.
0: So let's go back to you moving out here. You took the job with the Jackson Hole News and Guide Mm -hmm. and you were a writer. What area of um editorial were you writing for the news and guide
1: i started covering the school's beat and the hospital beat and then i did that for a couple years and then moved over to the county beat and so the majority of the time i was at the news and guide i was covering the county
0: lots of meetings
1: oh my gosh lots (laughs) of meetings every monday and tuesday lots of night meetings it was a very high stress job and i did that for five years and until i quit in 2011.
0: And you quit because your business was going so well. You know, I
1: actually I actually quit because I was extremely burned out. I mean, that was the time of the comp plan revisions. I, if you remember Teton Meadows Ranch, that mm-hmm. huge proposal. And I just got really burned out. Um, I loved it. I love what I did. And I love telling stories. But it was so stressful, especially for someone who was just 30 years old.
0: <laughs> well, you reported well. Thank you. Uh, Thank you, you kept our community... <laughs> Advise as far as what was going on in, in all of those meetings so we didn't have to sit through them. Oh, so, thank you. <laughs> You're
1: welcome. <laughs> I took it for the team.
0: How did you and Allison come up with the idea of j- uh, dishing Jackson Hole?
1: So, you know, Allison was one of my first friends I met when I moved to Jackson. Um, she ended up setting me up with my husband later. So, we have a lot of deep connections. And right after I had decided to quit my job, we were making dinner. I remember it was Cinco de Mayo because we were making chili rellenos and we were talking and we always talk about food we love you know our conversations were always what'd you make for dinner where'd you go out to eat what are you cooking lately um so it always revolved around food and that night we were making dinner and i remember her saying there's no good information about food in this town we should start a magazine and i was like yeah i just quit my job to be a ski bomb of course i'm going to start a magazine (laughs) yeah (laughs) and Within four weeks, we had a business plan and a media kit a meeting set up with Gavin from Fine Dining, Jeff Drew from Snake River Grill, and the guys who own Trio and Local. And we said to ourselves, if they jump on board and they say yes, then we're going to make this magazine. And so it happened really quickly. And that was the beginning of July. And by December, we had published our first magazine, 2011.
0: 2011, mm-hmm. first magazine. Mm-hmm. And so that was your fall edition?
1: Fall edition, yeah. Okay.
0: And did you start off knowing that you were going to do a fall edition and then something for the summer? We knew it
1: would be seasonal. We knew it it would go with Jackson's season, so winter, spring, summer, fall.
0: So tell everybody, your passion and Allison's passion for food, how did that translate to what you learned about launching a business? (laughs)
1: We started the magazine because we loved food. We never wanted to, I think, be business owners. Um, And the more that the the business has developed, the less we get to do in terms of like writing about food and the things we love about food. I think the reason our business has been so successful is because we're both really passionate about the product and about food. Um, I think that anyone who wants to start a business has to find something they love because it's kind of like that trite quote, right? Do something you love every day and it's not like work. That's right. Um, and that's that's really how we've been successful.
0: Mm-hmm. Over the time, since you and Allison started the magazine, you've also expanded, as you said earlier, into now Park City. Congratulations Thank on you. the expansion. But you've also seen this community change especially in the world of food. That's your specialty, the world of food. You've seen how it's changed. What has changed and why do you feel that's happened?
1: You know, we've seen a lot of restaurants um, that were in our first magazine that are no longer around. We see a lot more diversity today than there was in 2011. We see a lot of people starting restaurants that started out at bigger places like the Four Seasons or the Snake River Grill. Now, you know, they've gotten their experience. Now they're opening their own little restaurant. We've also seen tons of, of new food producers, like people making kombucha, people making kraut, bitters. There's a year-round farmer's market now. So all of these things we didn't have seven years ago.
0: That's right, and in some of the episodes of this podcast, I've interviewed some people who've grown up here, somebody like Betty Carnes mm-hmm. um, Terrell. And when she was growing up here, there really weren't any restaurants, and that was back in the 60s and the 70s, and when I moved here in 99, it was not unusual for a majority of the restaurant. that shut down Labor Day to Memorial Day. Really? Yeah.
1: That was before my time.
0: And <laughs> it, And then as time progressed, then they started just shutting down from Labor Day to the beginning of winter, mm-hmm. which would start around December 1st. And then after the winter season, when the ski resort would close, the restaurants would close. And they wouldn't open up until just about before Memorial Day to get ready for the big launch of summertime. So it's great to see that we have so many restaurants that have um, developed and grown and um, expanded into different locations and different ideas Mm -hmm. and concepts. But also, like you said, people now making kombucha. There's also a Cider Works Oh, really? There's some guys who are working on developing a cider works here in town. We now have how many brew pubs? I
1: know. That's what we were talking. I mean, Melvin, I don't think they were around when we started in 2011. I could be wrong. But, I mean, you know, Still West. Mm -hmm. um, You know, now we have people, we have the guys at Still Works making gin and vodka. And, I mean, there's just so much more than there was. And it's great. It's all these people moving here or taking the skills from other places that they've learned and— um, really making our food community so much more vibrant. I mean, it's it's like a little mini city here.
0: It is. It is. We have some of the great, I would say, you know, benefits of living in a city, mm-hmm. but then we also have the benefits of living in a small town.
1: Yeah, which is why I love it here.
0: <laughs> I do love it here, indeed. Being a business owner and developing your business for the stationery and the, and the wedding gifts, mm-hmm. and then also dishing, you're you're married are you a mom no nope. not a mom not okay only. so focusing on being the business person what do you feel has driven or attributed you to being a successful person
1: well i think curiosity mm-hmm. i mean that goes back to my days being a reporter you know i wake up every day and i want to create i want to make beautiful things i want to tell stories and so that's at the heart of both businesses I think I'm also really, really organized, which keeps me successful. And I've hired really good people. I think that's really important, you know, because you can't do it all alone. And I've learned to delegate.
0: The big D. Yeah. Delegation. (laughs) It's
1: really hard. I'm like, sometimes I'm like, why am I doing this? I should have someone else do this.
0: Yes, but you cannot do it all. Yes. As a business person. Yes, you can't. I love when the new um, publications come out uh, seasonally. Do you get to try all the recipes?
1: Uh, We try to cook a lot of them in here and test them. Mm -hmm. Um, Early on we weren't testing them and we would get emails from people like, this didn't work or what's this? And you know, sometimes when the chefs are giving you the recipe and they're scaling it down, things can get lost in translation. So um, we do try and cook a lot of them.
0: Terrific, Mm -hmm. that's gotta be one of the best parts about it.
1: (laughs) I remember, I think it was a couple years ago, we did a meatball recipe from um, The Four Seasons, but it made like huge quantities. I had like 50 meatballs in my (laughs) freezer for a year.
0: That's a lot of meatballs to eat. So
1: then we knew we had to cut it down a little bit for publication.
0: My (laughs) boys would devour those things. (laughs) That would not last long in our household. (laughs) Having two little boys who love meatballs, that would go very fast. Yeah,
1: well, look at the old recipe. (laughs) Look at the old magazine. I'll
0: have to do that. So, Dishing is more than just a tangible publication that you can pick up at different restaurants or businesses throughout town. It's also, you have a website, which also incorporates a blog. Tell me how it's all connected.
1: Well, so we decided early on that it was really important to reach all age groups and all types of people who consume media. So, number one is the print magazine. Number two is the website. We also have a really strong social media presence on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and Pinterest. And so in order to really reach all groups, we put a lot of effort in everything. I mean, our social media wouldn't be as strong as it is without the print publication. That really drives the brand and the awareness and it drives people to to our website, to our Instagram, to our Facebook.
0: And share with everybody the different Platforms that you have, the channels that. So, if people want to go out right. and see dishing on those different channels, what can can you tell us? What? Those yeah. Are? So, you
1: can find us online at dishingjh.com, on Facebook at Dishing Jackson Hole, and on Instagram at Dishingjh. Um, we're on Twitter as Dishing Magazine. You don't you don't want all the Park City ones, do you? <laughs> sure. You can look them what? up. It's dishingpc.com, um, Dishing Park City on Facebook, and Dishing PC on Instagram.
0: You have it all covered? Yes. How many followers do you have on Facebook?
1: Facebook, I don't know off the top of my head. I can tell you on Instagram, Jackson is almost at 11,000, and Park City is almost at 8,000.
0: Okay. Congratulations. Yeah,
1: we're getting like 2,000 reads a day on the website here in Jackson.
0: That's fantastic. Yeah,
1: it's really good. And you can look and see where people are reading from, and it's from our feeder markets where we have flights you know direct flights from um, into jackson mm-hmm. and so we can tell that people are are interested in food and they're going to our website to research uh, food before they come here
0: can people find the recipes because i i'm not a person that cooks from recipes mm-hmm. but i love the to read recipes for inspiration can people find the recipes online
1: yes all the recipes are online
0: all right if people want to reach out to you to ask you questions of being a successful business person what's the best way that somebody can reach out to you um,
1: just shoot me an email at Kara with a C at dishingjh.com
0: Kara with a C at dishingjh.com mm-hmm. perfect so during all of this process launching businesses living the lifestyle of, of Jackson Hole Have you acquired a mentor that's helped guide you through the process of growing a business?
1: I haven't. You know, people have, I've heard here and there, you should get a mentor, you should get a mentor. But my dad and my mom too, but my dad was an entrepreneur. He owned businesses his whole life. And so I always bounce things off him. He's just brilliant. And so anytime I have a question, I go to him.
0: So you do have a mentor. Yeah, I
1: guess I do. It is your dad. Mm -hmm.
0: And it's fantastic that you have that resource, Mm -hmm. him as being a successful entrepreneur, to fall back on to ask him questions. Yeah,
1: I would also say that it's really great to have a business partner. Sometimes partnerships don't work out, but um, in the case of Allison and I, it's really been great. So if I ever need advice, I just go to her and vice versa.
0: And if Allison was sitting right next to you, what would the two of you say has helped you to be successful as partners because you start off as friends right? and being friends is one thing but when you get into business it's a different it's a different type of friendship
1: it totally is
0: so what has allowed you to to maintain that friendship but also grow the business
1: communication it's key yeah it's totally key i am the type of personality that if something bothers me i just want to check out and not speak for a couple days. And she just hammers it home. Let's have a meeting. Let's talk. We need to talk. And so um, I'm really thankful for that because forcing the conversation, talking through it is so much better because you figure something out and you move on. Um, So communication, number one. Number two, it's maintaining our friendship outside of work, you know, going on hikes, having dinner together, hanging out socially that, you know, outside of a work setting. Although work, we always talk about it. But it's important to also cultivate that friendship.
0: As uh, Dick Scarlett said, the big C. <laughs> he referred to it as well. Dick Scarlett uh-huh. owned Jackson State Bank, right. plus several other banks in it, throughout the state. And he said part of what allowed him to be successful, not just in business, but in family life, mm-hmm. raising the family was the big C, communication.
1: It is true.
0: And I find it every day.
1: Yeah, I mean, even if it's a client who's unhappy, It's just communication, being honest, talking about things, and moving on.
0: Terrific. And you've talked about wanting to have your own podcast.
1: Yeah, I would love to have a dishing podcast.
0: What do you think the dishing podcast would be like if you could have the ideal podcast for yourself?
1: Um, I think... We would probably I mean, I think each episode would be different. We would probably start the first episode maybe talking about a couple stories in the current issue. Maybe we would do episodes with chefs talking about, I don't know, what they're what they're drinking for opera. I think it would really just be seasonal mm-hmm. and depend on what's going on, you know? Maybe we would do a special with like the food and wine guys when in June when their event comes out.
0: Tell everybody a little bit more about what you're talking about. Oh, with Jackson food. Whole
1: Food and Wine. Yes. Um, so it's a great festival. I think it's on its, its going on its second winter festival, and then summer will be the third. They do it twice a year. It's run by Megan Gallagher and Haynes Poe, who used to run um, a similar festival here that's no longer. Um, and so they do one in June and one in December, or excuse me, one in January. I think is their winter one. And it's like a three-day festival. They bring in a celebrity chef. They're bringing in someone from Top Chef um, this winter, Richard Blaze. They're going to do it. You don't know who he is.
0: I don't. don't, (laughs) We don't have TV, so I don't know anything Uh, about Top Chef or people mentioned Shark Tank. People uh...
1: like me love celebrity (laughs) chefs, right? They had um, uh, a chef come out a couple years ago, and I saw her in Teton Village, and I ran up to her, and I was like, I love you. It was April Bloomfield. Do you know who she is? I don't. And she looked at me. She was like, oh, thank you so much. (laughs) They're like our celebrities. Um, but so the food and wine festival, that's another great addition to our dining community. I mean, um, like I said, it's a three-day festival. I think it starts this year with the taste of Jackson Hole and, you know, people will, they'll have food booths, they'll have wine booths. Um, people will set up, you know, like uh, retail guys like New West Knife Works will be out there. Then they'll do a cocktail class. Um, then they have a big dinner at the top of the gondola with Richard Blaze. So and they do it twice a year,
0: that's spectacular. Which is a huge
1: undertaking. Yeah.
0: How does being in that world help inspire you for doing more for dishing?
1: Well, you know, as as our food community evolves, there's just more and more stories to tell. And so every day we have ideas of like, oh, we need to tell this story. We need to tell this story. I remember early on when we started the magazine, we were blogging five days a week. And I was like, are we ever going to run out of stories? And um, we haven't.
0: (laughs) I've been asked with this podcast, because our community, we don't have a very large community, but people have asked me, will I ever run out of guests to have? And if I have a podcast Once a week, Mm -hmm. and that's 52 guests out of the year. I think I have an infinite number of guests because our community is ever evolving. And it's not just about people that live here who are guests on the podcast, but some sort of connection. People that come to visit regularly, love to have them on here. Um, Episode number two, my buddy Ian Fitzsimmons, who does ESPN radio, Mm -hmm. he used to live here. And I don't know if you're over here, and he talked heavily about the Sojourner Hotel.
1: Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. I remember that.
0: And um, he he bartended there. Oh, really? Yes. And I think what you and Allison are doing with the Dishing Magazine is spectacular. And... I wish I read it more. My apologies. (laughs) Well,
1: you have six months per issue.
0: (laughs) I am a supporter by advertising in there because I believe in what you are doing.
1: Thank you. We appreciate that. And I should say, you are one of the stories. I mean, you know, you started out working for the liquor store and now you're an owner. Um, That's kind of the Jackson Hole story in anyway, right? I mean, we start out working for people... entrepreneurs we go on and we start our own businesses and that's kind of what makes this community thrive
0: it does and that's what's so wonderful about this community is seeing people who move here they have a passion and they follow that Mm -hmm. passion and next thing you know we have more restaurants we have Mm -hmm. more retail operations or services Mm -hmm. in this community where you look back 30 years ago and it was really, in the summertime, it was whitewater rafting. It was hiking and biking. And in the wintertime, it was some skiing and mm-hmm. some snowmobiling to where now we're so much diverse. We have a Center for the Arts. Yeah. My gosh. Mm-hmm. Which we I- had
1: the Flaming Lips come play at the Center for the Arts, which was one of the most spectacular shows I've ever seen.
0: I haven't seen Flaming Lips there, but I did see several other. I saw... Um, Taj Mahal Mm -hmm. up on stage and I was just several feet from him and it was spectacular.
1: Yeah, we're pretty lucky.
0: We are so lucky in this town. Yeah. So for all the people who are listening today on the Jackson Hole Connection and are being inspired by Kara, what is something that you can share with people that you have learned that you had to overcome, other than the communication, Mm -hmm. was a big challenge to be a successful entrepreneur.
1: Hire slowly, fire fast.
0: Ooh, well (laughs) said, especially in this town where we have such a small pool of people to hire from.
1: I think that can intimidate a lot of people. And I mean, sure. I just had to go through the hiring process for two employees. But I think what I've learned over the last seven years is when you start seeing that someone is bad for your culture, they have got to go. And I don't want that to sound like mean or cutthroat or, you know, but you have to really vet the people rather than just like snatching up the first person that applies for the job.
0: I agree. And it's not just with your business culture, but Mm -hmm. think about it on a personal level. If there's somebody who is in your relationship, a friendship, who is just a little too toxic, sometimes, one, you have to start with the conversation. But then if it doesn't improve, you have to just say, Mm -hmm. I need to separate from this because I need to be in in a positive world. Yeah,
1: and I'm also learning that like, I'm the boss. It's great to be someone's friend, but at the end of the day, I have to be the boss. Yes, And it's taken me years to learn that
0: it's it's a tough differentiation mm-hmm. it's tough but i'm so happy to hear that you're you're learning that you're growing and i'm sure you grow every day every year in every publication mm-hmm. you've learned something new and you can take that little bit and make it better next time where are some places that dishing can be found so for people who are coming around
1: well, we have a bunch at the liquor store
0: Yes, and Jackson
1: Hole Marketplace, <laughs> uh, but we have free stands all over town. There's one underneath the Snake River Grill, um, Jackson Hole Grocer, Albertsons, Lucky's. The airport? We do not distribute at the airport, and I'll tell you why. Okay. Because I feel like every person that walks into the airport is going to grab a magazine, and I'm not sure how targeted that is to the people whose hands we want to get into.
0: Kudos for you, Kara. For wanting your magazine to be in hands that it's going to benefit the people you're writing about, but also the people who are paying to advertise in your publication as well. Because some people are just like, let's put it anywhere we can possibly place this.
1: Right. I don't want it to sit under someone's coffee mug for a week. <laughs> I want uh, it to be used.
0: I, uh, I think your magazine is a tool and something that you can carry with you. But also more importantly, something that people can take home with them when they come traveling through here and see some of these fantastic recipes and share a little bit of Jackson Hole back home.
1: And people do. I mean, we hear from people all the time. We just started offering subscriptions to people out of town, and they email us and say, I have every issue but seven. Can you please send me seven? And so I'm like in the storage unit trying to find (laughs) these old issues. People do keep them. I mean, I've walked into so many locals' homes, and they have every single issue sitting on the bookshelf.
0: That's terrific. Which is cool. I collect too many receipts, so my wife would not let me keep any (laughs) magazines. Receipts? I'm king clutter. Yeah. And so my wife is like, get rid of stuff.
1: (laughs) I just have a little plastic bin, and every receipt that I ever have goes in there, and it goes on the shelf. If I ever get audited, they are going to hate me. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Somebody's going to have a great time going <laughs> through a, a delightful plastic bin. Yeah, yeah. So everybody go to Google or Yahoo or however you look things up and go to DishingJH.com. And if you're here in town, search around for the latest episode of Dishing Jackson Hole. If you're down in Park City, don't forget you can pick up some copies around Park City as well for the Park City restaurant scene. Kara, this has been spectacular having you here today. Thank you. If there's anything that you want to say before we leave, um, as a little bit of nugget of information Mm -hmm. that people can take with them today.
1: Well, can I talk about a few things I'm excited about? Please, yes. Um, Phoenix and the Dragon is opening a new restaurant. Do you know Phoenix and the Dragon?
0: I haven't had any of their food, but they've they've been in Whole Grocer, so they're opening their own restaurant. So
1: they're opening their own restaurant across from Hotel Jackson. I'm so excited for them. Um, They did a Kickstarter campaign, and I think they're opening the beginning of January. I love their food. It's really innovative. They both started at the Four Seasons, left, came back. Um, I'm excited about Butter, which is a new pop-up coffee shop in the Aspens, where Ski Bar used to be. Marcus and Amelia, um, they also have street food. Okay. And they have butter in Victor. Okay. And so we're really excited about hitting that up this winter. And Suda, which is opening up in the old Lotus space um, by the guys who run Sudachi. Fantastic. Yeah. So check them all out. I can't wait for them to open.
0: And one other one Momo Shack.
1: Oh, Momo Shack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They
0: have taken over old uh-huh. Bon Appetit. Cafe 245. Were you ever here for Cafe uh, I 245? I was. It
1: was one of the first places I ever ate when I moved here. I as well. Really? My brother took me there. He was uh-huh. like, you got to have this breakfast. Bring it <laughs> Cafe
0: 245. But with the Momo Shack, we are actually having an, our employee party, our holiday party. We do it at the beginning of the year. Okay, cool. And so it's going to be a Saturday, beginning of the year, and we're renting out the Momo Shack.
1: Oh, fun. Yes. So we're Where's su- my invite? <laughs> I will email you I'm <laughs> Just kidding.
0: Kara, <laughs> this has been spectacular. Thank you for everything that you're so excited about that's coming up in here in the food world of Jackson Hole. Keep on publishing, dishing JH, and. Spreading the word of fabulous food.
1: Thank you. Yeah, have a great day. You too.
0: Jackson Hole Marketplace, the small market in Jackson Hole with a huge reach. Stop in for hot coffee and homemade breakfast in the morning, awesome lunches in the afternoon, and finish the day with a soft-serve ice cream and a six-pack of beer. Need catering for breakfast or lunch? They can do it and deliver for free. Want to know more? Visit jhmarketplace.com. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in today to the Jackson Hole Connection. I hope you have enjoyed listening and can take away a little nugget about life. I'm always looking for fun guests who have a connection to Jackson Hole. Know of someone who would be great to be on the show? Please send me an email to connect at thejacksonholeconnection.com. Please subscribe, rate, and review the Jackson Hole Connection, on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you receive your podcasts. A special shout out to my friend Luke Taylor for producing and providing the tunes for this podcast. Y'all come back again, you hear?